Hello and welcome to the one, the only, please watch this podcast. This is a podcast where two film loving mates with gaps in their viewing history, they recommend films to one another to find out once and for all who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey, I am joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello Sam, how are you? Hello Hugh, hello Hugh, how are you indeed? Yeah, I'm actually physically well. How are physically. you this week? But not mentally, yeah. is that what that suggests? Uh, an absolute train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tip-top, uh, can't complain. Um, shout out to, uh, we don't usually do this on this podcast, but to my old man, right? Because, oh, yeah? bless his cotton socks, he's, uh, he's he dislocated his shoulder What in a, oh, in a sailing, boat. Sailing in a, the North Sea. Yeah, in a sailing accident, yeah. So he, I got a text this morning about half seven going, oh yeah, I just dislocated my shoulder when I fell over. I'm glad it wasn't my head. Oh yeah, dear. So, and and so. you obviously you felt great because you've hated him recently because <laughs> he's doing he's doing a dream job sailing a, ro- a boat for a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty much. So you felt yeah, serves I'm him vindicated right. if anything. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I have sympathy because I know what it's like to dislocate your shoulder. I've done it three times myself. So Christ. yeah, and yeah. I hear the first time you do it, it then makes it much easier to happen again and again. Yeah, and again although again. touch touch wood, it's not it's not happened for about. Oh, what I'll say, seven years now, I think, seven and a bit years, yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to pop it out when you touch wood there. Um, <laughs> in the Blakely household, we've got big news, as a new arrival. Uh, our fish had a baby fish. Oh, so you've got fishes. We have two fishes, and, uh, so, you know, like, what I didn't realise was when you pay about £3 for a fish, they don't um, sex them at the pet shop, you know, you don't know if it's boy or girl, are they... Are they both? I don't know. And then suddenly, yeah, just in and amongst the the sort of gravelly stuff at the bottom, there's a little fish. Um, well, may have been more, probably eaten by the parents. This one we've put in a protective little uh, little cage for anybody worried. Well, I mean, that is the news of the week, isn't it? Absolutely. Tune in next week for more fish news. <laughs> have you named the fish? Uh, Pepper. Pepper Pig, Pepper, yeah. Pepper Pig. That's... Ongoing with the theme of that, the, we've got that little baby Pepper Pig. We've got Emily Elephant and Pedro Pony. Guess who named the fish? Uh, I'll say you because I know how much of a massive <laughs> Pepper Pig fan you are. Not my, not my three-year-old daughter. No, no, she would have. She went with Gordon. <laughs> she's very a big fan of uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, she's very sensible. <laughs> right. Well, from fish to spiders, I feel is uh, a nice segue <laughs> into this week's film, isn't it? So, um, so we've had a few. You know, we've had a, an eclectic mix of films recently, but uh, I thought we would go with something a bit fun, um, something a little different. And when I found out you hadn't seen this film, it's only been out a couple of years, but I thought, do you know what? It's a good film for Sam to have a watch, for him to enjoy, because I think he could watch it with his daughter and. Yeah, I think he was gonna. I think he's gonna really like it. So this week's that film... was a relief. That was a relief being able to watch this with my daughter because <laughs> you know, lo and behold, Clerks not particularly family yeah, friendly. No, although although I think there's an age, isn't there, where you can still watch certain things because it's they're so oblivious to what's being and, said. And we passed that two years ago. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly not an option now. She she hears yeah. more than she lets on. Yeah, like a good child should. Um, so this week's film is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the 2018 animated uh, feature film uh, well starring 
technically Miles Morales, the other Spider-Man mm. in the Spider-Man yeah. universe. Yeah, it's got three directors. It's got Bob uh, Preschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. They're the they're the uh, the directors. Uh, but this is very much seen as, as a Lord and Miller sort of production. Uh, Phil Lord wrote this uh, screenplay along with uh, Rodney Rothman, the, one of the directors, and um, you know they 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 seem to have a a guiding hand in creating this film um and with any animation you know it takes a good number of years to get it get it off the ground and several thousand people yeah working <laughs> yeah. absolute nuts off so sam would you like a plot synopsis about this film that you've already I've, watched i've never anything wanted anything about? more never wanted um, anything more so basically in spider-man into the spider-verse as the name suggests um the plot revolves around you you start off you're in a world where spider-man the original flavor peter parker he's in the prime of his spider-manning he's you know he's a man who's in love with his wife mary jane he's got you know the world at his feet and he's basically running around new york solving crime stopping criminals like um wilson fisk and uh the Hobgoblin and all these kind of people, and it just so happens that he comes across a green, a... green goblin, surely, or is Sorry, Hobgoblin is green... another one? Well, there's two. There's Hobgoblin and Green Goblin, but this might be right. Green Goblin. I should maybe have checked that, but we'll let it slip. It's a goblin of some sort. He's an absolute hench goblin as well. He's not like the tiny little normal guy who rides him, on a, yeah. on a hoverboard. He calls him Harry or Norman. Yeah, he calls him Norman, but these, yeah, yeah he's well, always roid, roided up. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I, do you know what? Let's not get into it because we'll be yeah, forget night. it, forget it. So yeah, so you've got, um, and basically Wilson Fisk has built like an interdimensional um, particle accelerator, essentially. It looks like something you'd see in CERN, because he's trying to open up dimensions to try and get his wife and uh, son back who died in a car accident. And basically you're We are, we are spoilerific, by the way, listener. We are. Just that a little is Big spoilers in this film. Uh, you know, we that's our thing. We spoil things. Um, <laughs> so... What happens is you're then cut to, you've got, um, I think he's about 16 years old, is he? Maybe younger? He might even be younger than that, because... Uh, no, he's about 16, isn't he? Because he's on about puberty and things like that. And he's yeah. 15, 16, he's a young uh, Hispanic-American lad called Miles Morales, and he's just an average, an average kid. He's starting a new school that's like a boarding school sort of thing for, like, smart children. Um He's, you know, he's from, you know, he's not like Spider-Man, you know, his parents didn't die tragically when he was young, he's from a two-parent household, he's he's got an uncle who's very, you know, he's very close with his uncle Aaron, he likes to do graffiti and tag things, and his dad's a cop and his mum's a nurse, he's uh, sort of the earth kind of lad, isn't he, and he's <laughs> trying to fit into his, new, uh, into his new school, and basically what happens is him and his uncle, they go do some graffiti in the underground, and he gets bitten by, well, what else? A radioactive spider. Oh, so cliche. It's boring how normal this spider is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a great scene where the spider bites him and you think he's going to go, ah, and scream. And he just goes, ow, and just flicks it off. <laughs> so no, he smacks it and then flicks it off. And then cut to 24 hours later, he's, or overnight, he's feeling really strange and he's grown a little bit. And, you know, he's starting to stick to things, including uh, Gwen Stacy's hair. And hmm. yeah, essentially, what which we all did during puberty, you know, that is well, you, yeah, <laughs> lots of people stick to socks, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, 
I don't want to necessarily remind everyone of there's something about Mary, but you know, there's there's mm. undertones and overtones of that. I mean, let's just be grateful he didn't discover that he stuck to things when he was uh, whacking off. Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, that'd have been a different film. That's the deleted <laughs> scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had to cut that the other rating. Yeah. So he essentially goes back to where the spider was, and upon getting to where the spider was, he discovers. Peter Parker fighting with the Green Goblin and what happens is original flavour top of the line Peter Parker he ends up dying he gets killed by Fisk Fisk caves his chest in I guess um, something somehow. yeah, yeah. Again, to make it child-friendly, because I did watch this with several young children at first, and I thought, oh, this could get quite dark. But yeah, they don't show the blood detail, thankfully. No, you're just, you're just told that he's dead, aren't you? And mm. um, yeah, Miles basically gets given a, a goober, as he it gets called, uh, to try and shut down the particle accelerator. But what ends up happening is the particle accelerator has dragged uh, several Spider-Men and women into Miles' dimension. Um, and so, pigs. And yeah, so you've got uh, Gwen Stacy, you've got Spider-Man Noir, you've got uh, Peter B. Parker, you've got Penny Parker, you've got um, Spider-Ham. Spider Ham. And is that it? Yeah, there's five of them, isn't there? Yeah. There's Gwen, Spider-Ham, Noir, right. Penny, and Peter P. B. Parker, yeah. Yep. So you get five of them, and they all get dragged in, and essentially... What happens is um, Miles basically bumps into Peter B. Parker, who is, he's basically, he's like original flavour Spider-Man, except he's another 10 years on, or 12 years on, from, say, when the Peter Parker in Miles Morales' universe dies. And because he's been doing the superheroing too much, and he and he won't commit to having children with uh, Mary Jane, he's ended up essentially getting separated or divorced i think it looks like they get divorced quite frankly he's he signed some paperwork by the way is yeah. this a synopsis or a, a scene by scene sorry it's getting, bit, <laughs> it's getting a bit long isn't it you're right it is getting a bit long so yeah long story short he ends miles morales he ends up teaming up with the other spider people uh to try and basically uh save the day because this part looks like it's going to blow the world up or something you know usual yeah. fair um so sam would you now like to know what i think is so good about this one i'm clinging on for dear life to find you're, out you're clinging on so what i like about this film is it's first and foremost it's very funny isn't it let's face it it's a very funny film with some great comedy some great it is ostensibly a comedy action film i think you know very much in the 21 jump street make you know it does have a lot of good action in it but I think the best part of this is the comedy, and um, yeah, I think the the Peter B. Parker character in this is very much the the epitome of the comedy in this film. Um, great animation styles; they have like different types of animes animation styles. They've got a bit of anime for Penny B. Parker. They've got the nineteen uh, thirties comic book look for Spider Man Noir. Um, yeah, they've got. It's very. It's also very self-aware, very meta. You know, there's a great scene at the beginning where instead of him being upside down kissing um, Mary Jane, she's upside down hanging off a, a, a ladder. Um, he, instead of the car, him jumping and when the car gets thrown at him at Spider-Man Two, instead of him uh, jumping and saving Mary Jane, he turns around, catches it, and throws it back. And he's doing the uh, <laughs> the Spider-Man Three dance, except he's the in Spider-Man his Three dance. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't so talk it's very, about that. No. 
you know, it's very meta, you know, when he goes, when uh, Spider-Ham goes, that's all, folks, and he goes, can we le- can we say that legally? You know, it's, uh, it's very refer- self-referential. There's, I mean, did, I don't know if you watched all the way to the very end, uh, the and the post-credit scenes where, if, did you see that? No, I think I watched all the, I basically watched all the credits because there is a lot of music and animation, but I don't think I watched, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that now. When we get to a break, I'll have watched them. Right, so yeah, there's the post-credit scene with the uh, 1960s Spider-Man stuff, which is quite funny. Um, it's action-packed. It's a good. It's a good story. Like, yeah, okay, you might go well. It's another origin movie film and all that, and but there's there's some heart to it with the relationship between Miles, his dad, and his uncle, and that's uh, I really enjoyed that part of the film, quite frankly. Um, Miles Morales, he's a cool kid. He's a cool dude. Do you know what I mean? He's like his him him. He's a bit awkward, and his uh, uncle trying to teach him how to, you know, talk to him. He's just like, do, you do have you done the? Sh- you need to learn the shoulder touch. And he's like, hey, <laughs> and he can't do it. And it's really that's really cute and funny. And yeah, I just like the fact that they've given you a character who's he's similar. To, I think he's similar to Peter Parker in some ways, but I also think he's different in other ways. Quite honestly, and I think I like that. Um... I think, and this is a bold claim, for me, this might be possibly the best Spider-Man film. Wow! So there's how many? There's the two major, three, three, four, seven, five. Yeah, seven, seven major ones in the last twenty years, isn't there? Plus this. Eight, yeah, I think this is maybe better than Spider-Man Two. Right, a I'm very bold claim. That. A very yeah, bold claim. Yeah, I think it's an instant classic. To be honest. Instant classic. Did you see it at the cinema as well? Was it a. I, I wish I had, but sadly, sadly, no. I did not. Are there any things you would think I wouldn't like about it? It's not really a film that has many downsides to it. I said, because I was more like playing devil's advocate with myself on this. So I said, perhaps you might have wanted a bit more character development with Spider Ham, Spider Man Noir, and Penny Parker. Because I don't, because they kind, they kind of show up halfway through. You get a quick synopsis about who they are, but uh, nothing. They don't get too much development, I would say. It's a lot of characters, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think um, Peter B. Parker, obviously Miles and, um, uh, and Gwen. Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Gwen Stacy. They get some good development in this film. Like I would, oh, Gwanda. Yeah, which is like Guan. It's South African. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like Guanda. <laughs> it's Gwen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So hand, hand on heart, do you think I liked this film? Hated this film? Didn't well, care? Loved it? Uh, let me give Where you some more my... things. Let me give you some more things that you might not like about it. Oh, a couple okay. other points. Um, there is. They made an animation choice in this, where some stuff is quite blurry. Mm. If you've no, if you noticed, um, like stuff in the foreground or the background is a bit blurry, that might have annoyed you. It it doesn't really make a difference for me, but the fact that I noticed it maybe was a sign that it was maybe a, an incorrect animating choice. But I mean, it's neither here nor there. You know, the film's <laughs> I mean, so uh, there's the straws, there's barrels being scraped, there's you know, yeah, there's straws being pulled out. My final point was maybe the end battle where they're fighting in and around the particle accelerator and there's like all this trippy CGI sort of buildings, buses, trains flying around the place. It might be a bit, I don't know, a bit 
bit too transformery sort of crash bang wallop everything's going <laughs> off and you know you can't really follow what's happening I, I, don't, I didn't feel like that I felt like it was even though it's a bit it I think it is a bit over the top a tiny bit but at the same time you still have a very solid sort of he still has to get the goober as he keeps calling it into <laughs> the into the the into the wall and it's there and he's able to do it so yeah do I think you liked this film Sam I'll be honest with you I think I, I think I've got the, this fruit's not even low hanging it you're picking it up off the floor mate that's, <laughs> that's well we'll find hanging. out you know I can be a pedant I can hit foreground yeah. blur you know me you, might have, you know you might have um, you might not have you know get oh, not another origin story you know that could be mm-hmm. your opinion um the music's good in this film as well. I think you might enjoy the music. It's different. It's not like classic, like, you know, strings and orchestra. It's very much down to earth, sort of, um, you know, modern music, which. Well, let's bloody well find out, shall we? Yeah, so what we're going to do. What we're going to do, Sam? What we're going to do? You tell me. What we're going to do, Sam? Uh, Blake's take. We are going to have a bit of Sam's jams. <laughs> Sam's jams. Sam's. Uh, preserves, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a <laughs> quick break and then we're gonna get Sam's opinion. So join us in a minute or 30 seconds. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So, what we're gonna do now. If you listen, come come closely in, audience. <laughs> like, you know, no, just just me and you talking now. What we're going to do is we're going to find out why Spider Ham was Sam's favourite Spider Man in this film. <laughs> Spider Sam. Sam. Spider Sam. Yeah, Spider Sam. Why was uh, yeah? Why was Spider Ham your favourite uh, Spider Man iteration in this film? I mean, it rhymes with Sam, and yes, it was John they... Mulaney who voiced it. Who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you know. Actually, speaking of John Mulaney, he he had a bit in his stand-up comedy about the pitch meeting that must have happened for Back to the Future. Um, Like how weird that is, you know. Like, oh yeah, so it's just this story. It's just this teenage kid, like local neighborhood kid, and he's he's friends with a disgraced nuclear physicist in probably in his sixties. And how weird it was (laughs) that somebody had to pitch that, and then somebody say. And so the reason why I mentioned this with Spider Verse is because. Ryan George then got the idea for the pitch meetings as a result of that, and then the only pitch meeting that I hadn't seen up until now was Into the Spider-Verse, because I didn't want to ruin it, um, I knew it was going to be good, good. yeah, it was one, it's, one, it's one of those films, it's the same with Get Out, you knew you were going to like it, but you just waited, especially when we started doing the podcast, I just waited um, to watch it. And never watched the never watched pitch meeting. I, I think I can probably sum it up in this is a really fucking great film. It's really good. Do you want to have a do you want to have something that we can you know that can be a, a normal soundbite perhaps uh, something a bit more erudite perhaps. This is ch- ch- chuffing good. Uh, no, it's re- it's really good. You know, it, <laughs> it does look incredible. I mean, do you know anything about how they achieve this look? You know, this like with. 3D and well, I know that they 3D animated and also they used um, hand drawn animation. Right. Uh, apparently, each frame of the film has like some hand drawn animation in it. I get the sense that it's like because you know neither of us really are comic book readers. I'm sure we've read a comic book in our life, you know. But I used to have a Batman one many years ago. Right. Like, I one. I had one comic book. It makes <laughs> me sound like some sort of Paul. You know, we only had one. You know, we only had an outside toilet to share between the whole street. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just randomly had this Batman comic when I was about 
nine seven or eight or nine i can't remember how old i was yeah right. that happened See, years when I, I lived in camden for a little bit so when i first moved there i thought yeah i'm gonna be pretty cool pretty hip you know i'm gonna read comic books i went to a couple of comic book stores and um never got well, into Sam them how to get the girls doesn't <laughs> and uh yeah never really got into them and you were drowning in pussies that is <laughs> that's where they all are that's where they congregate um yeah this film looks like I imagine. Oh, Viva book. Vendetta! Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> more of a graphic novel, actually. Actually, if I'm, it is, you know, it if is I'm being true. specific, but it's within the comic book realm, isn't it? Maybe for you, uh, noob muggles. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of looks like I imagine comic book animators or, or um, artists and readers kind of see in their head. It's so good. It's like Edgar Wright directed it in some ways you know it's so it's so nicely done and there's the you know when he's falling and it's ah and there's those kind of great little touches it's like yeah it's 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 like in that realm of scott pilgrim and so on you know there's really good comic book literally comic book films um and their little pops and stuff and it, and it sounds i think you'll find scott scott pilgrim was a graphic novel well exactly yeah and just, but just made like this you know um, <laughs> and and it sounds brilliant like you said you know that this it's not normal orchestral score um it's really high energy soundtrack and it's very like there's biggie smalls in there and 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 post malone and other people who i don't know but really want to get into as as a result of listening to this um Mm. and it is yeah it's really cool in particular it's a bit hans zimmery when he's whenever the prowler is around and he's chasing him there's almost a wah wah (laughs) uh, and that was really great it was was genuinely kind of like affecting you know Um, did you see so as we said we're a spoiler podcast spoilerific yeah spoilerific did you see the um did you think it'd be he'd be the prowler his uncle did did you you telegraph it annoyingly i first watched this film we were babysitting uh looking after some um children uh, a friend's children it wasn't just we didn't just find them and so I watched the first 20 minutes but then when everybody started wanting crisps and stuff I was kind of taken away and I thought all right I, can't, I, I don't want to watch any more of the film so I'm just going to focus on playing games and stuff and then I did see a later scene where where it's revealed that it was his uncle so it wasn't re- I didn't really get a chance to see the prowler before it was his uncle and yeah that surprise was kind of ruined for me a little bit yeah. A bit, bit of a shame, really. Bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame, but um, yeah. But I, I still enjoyed it, regardless. Which I think is a real credit to the film. You know, it means it has rewatch value, I suppose. And I think one of the great things I like about this is, like almost all of the best hero stories, the hero is hindered or not good enough for most of the film. Yeah, you know, so Miles is is not up to it. They keep telling him he's not quite ready for it. So that when he is and he does achieve it and he gets that goal, it's it's so much better, isn't it? You know, it's like the start of every God of War films. Kratos has all his powers drained from him, and then he's just like a human being. Sorry, not films, games. Sorry, not films, games. games. <laughs> lots of lots of cutscenes, games. You know, so that he has to build them back up again. And it's more like Dark Knight Rises for all of its obvious definite flaws. One of the best things about it is he's not he's not Batman for about an hour. Then he has his back broken, so he's not Batman for about an hour more. So when he is Batman in those bits, it is so much more effective. And Logan, quite possibly the best or one of the you know top five um, hero comic book uh, movies. Logan's old and sick of it, and you know, broken physical Dying. visible discharge from his sores. So that when he does pick it up and and actually fights, 
it's amazing. It's thrilling. I I think I cried in the cinema just from the like feeling of in- intensity of it. Um, and again, yeah, that film's very depressing though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but it's really superb. And I, and I, and I think I'm really finding that doing this podcast that you really have to see a film at the cinema to truly experience it. Because I watched this film. And the visuals are stunning, and it's so wonderful. And you know, in animation, you don't often think about the camera work, but in this, you do. You know, it's like, like Citizen Kane is 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 was influential in that it had innovative c- camera like blocking techniques of you know mm. somebody's outside the window doing something, so you're there, and then you zoom into the room. Oh, <laughs> there's a there's a few of those things seen, in this. Have you seen it? I don't think I've seen it back to like. I haven't seen it either. No, start to end. I I, like I it we'll didn't to, really we'll grab to, me. We we'll have to get we we'll have to get Ben on to uh, watch. We it. we should do. I mean, it is like get Ben to recommend you know, it to us or. It's a benchmark for great films, isn't it? Like that's the Citizen Kane yeah. of this, and yeah, it's absolutely yeah. should have been episode two of our show, to be honest. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, but this, but this incorporates it, like, especially when he's just getting his stickiness and his powers, and he goes out of his dorm window. And, around, and he turns around the corner of the building and you go, oh wow, mm. that's like a crane shot that the, that the camera's taken in an animation. Um, and it, mm. is, it is something that's only really in the last, you know, in the Toy Stories, I suppose, that's really come to the fore in like, I always find it weird when an animation's got a director and you go, of course it's got a director and of course it's got like a DP and stuff, you know. Um, so yeah, I, it was just, just really wonderful. Some really great characters, really funny characters. I love how badass Aunt May. She's basically play. She's basically Lily Tomlin playing herself. She's this badass. <laughs> don't, don't give a shit. Sort of uh, great. Yeah, older lady. It's a different. It's a very different take, isn't it, on the Aunt May character? Yes, which is wonderful because, like you say, it's very. It's an incredibly meta film. You know, it's almost like Dan yeah. Harmon was involved in making it in some ways. <laughs> Turns out, other people have can do meta as well. Can also do meta, <laughs> which is I don't understand. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, like you mentioned it, the the bit where he's kind of saying, you know, the story. I did this. Save the girl. Save the city. We don't talk about that dancing that he did just just yeah wonderful mm. and I, you know like i said i didn't the watch so-so it. popsicle <laughs> the, yeah the so-so popsicle i didn't watch it i knew i would like it i was just waiting for an opportunity to watch it and now i've seen it i'm like yeah yeah good uh, I'm, I'm glad i watched it and i really like standalone hero films as much as probably infinity war might be my favorite superhero film of all time and that's not standalone that's the opposite of a standalone film things like joker logan um, this uh, they really stand out as being standalone, and I like that DC seem to be taking that approach with, say, the Batman. I mean, I know that, like, say, the Dark Knight films aren't standalone, but I think you can. Each film is very much standalone, except for yeah. maybe this third one. They're not and in the a cinematic first, universe, the f- like they don't have a, yeah. a Scarecrow spin-off of it and that sort of thing. Yeah. No, that's something I liked about the second one. It is it is a very self-contained film, but we're not here to talk about that, are we? So, is there anything you didn't like about this film? Is there anything you could find that was a flaw? Um, I would have liked to know more about why his uncle Aaron is the Prowler. Right. I felt like it. I felt like there was a because he still honoured him and loved him. I felt like well, why is he the Prowler then? Like, is he just being paid for it? And maybe I missed something. I don't know. Is that? Is that a fair criticism? No, I just think he is. That's just who he is, isn't he? He's yeah. Just, that's, he tells everyone that he's. Uh, I think he works in engineering, engineering or something. Yeah. But he's actually uh, an assassin for uh, the big kingpin. And I just wonder what I just yeah I just like something so that I can either. But I suppose basically so I can make my mind up about him a little bit. Like I know people are complicated, but 
They don't mm. make him complicated in that sense. But you know, to be fair, it's a two-hour film nearly, and it's an animation, so did I don't it, know how much more. Did it take away from the film, or were you just like, it's a comic book movie film? That's what happens in these films. You see that he's quite a genuine character around his nephew, but he's got this other side to him that's uh, yeah, badass assassin. It took away from it because when the reveal happened, I thought, well, this isn't earned. why and what you know other than he, well, it's the uncle of the protagonist. So that was a bit of a criticism. I, I wish they'd have just thrown in. All it takes, I think, is a line of dialogue. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of the big conflicts is that he can't turn his invis- invisibility on, invisibility on at will, but he can, <laughs> like he does well, when he, his dad's. Well, he learns how to do it, doesn't he? But he can before that, like before that moment. Um, so, for example, yeah, when he's lying, when he's standing, he can turn invisible. <laughs> like where he goes, he can turn invisible. I can't do it on command. He can't do it on command. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that really like yeah, great salesmanship that was just falling do you like, apart. Do you like the fact that this sort of iteration of Spider-Man is a little different to the original flavor Spider-Man? That he does have like the invisibility, he has the electro shock, he has a different, almost a different web slinging style. You know, yeah, like a carbon copy. Yeah, I think with an Af- you know he's not Peter Parker with an afro essentially, <laughs> with an afro and a you know poncho or something like that. Yeah, he's um... that's in Mex that's Mexican Spider-Man. Yeah, but his mum's Latin American, isn't she? I don't know where she's from. So maybe she's Puerto Rican. So he's got a Puerto Rican uh, poncho. poncho on. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, that was great, and it's one of the reasons why X-Men is so popular because it's just thrilling to see what, the variety of yeah the collective. And I went to see New Mutants actually uh, this week or last oh, week. Did you? Um, and and it was like uh, I didn't hate it. I just I wouldn't want to watch a sequel to it. Um, it feels like there's a big build-up with that film, doesn't there? I can see why they just wanted to like hide it, it and then it just done. just get rid of it. And it, you know it's passable but it you know yeah it's not that good but they do explore there's like a wider canvas of powers there a lot of their powers are more magical than just controlling an element or something like that um which was interesting you know that that was the major for me one of the major strengths of it was that yeah you you opened up this world like into the spider-verse where people can have such different powers and what was really interesting was obviously different genders and so on but different time periods and different ages, which are which yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? That they had like such a wide spectrum. Um, I think for me though, the strength of this film is it's it's got heart to it. I mm. think if you have a film like this, you can have a you can have well made animated films. But if, it, if this the heartfelt nature of it is genuine, yes, you know, and it's it, and he's a very likable a very likable character, which is needed for that heart. Partly, it's helped by the fact that it's animation. You don't have to hire a 16-year-old and, and trust that they're going to be world-class or a 25-year-old and hope people buy them as 16. You can hire someone who's... I don't know how old the actor is, but he he's not 16, you know. I, you think, can hire about 20, I think he was about 25. Though, yeah, you, you can hire somebody who's a bit older and therefore better and less aggravating. Yeah. And it doesn't... It's not a problem. I, I love the fact that just Nick Cage is in this, just randomly. Yeah, a, I was like, oh, so that, I know that voice. That sounds like, oh, who's that? You know, and I, I had to look at the uh, the X-ray on on Prime for it to. to <laughs> so oh yeah, it's obviously it described him as the the jazz the jazz version of acting or something like that. <laughs> it was a great video on Wisecrack, I think. Um, you know the philosophy YouTube channel. That yeah, yeah. They do watch it. It's really good. You like it. Um, so Sam, we move seamlessly, effortlessly into the section I like to call favorite scenes and favorite mm. lines. So we move seamlessly Sam, and scenefully into into favorite scenes. 
Yeah, so what was your favourite scene? I was a bit torn. I think I know. I might know what or you're like going to say. Natalie like Natalie <laughs> Here I am, naked, lying naked on the floor. And I think what I'd have to say is the it's recurring, a little late, Sam. The, the recurring scene of um, the characters introducing themselves. You know, like this is my story. You know the story. It's a bit recurring, yeah. so it's a bit of a cop out for favourite scenes. But I liked it whenever that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that it gives like the magazine, and then like the magazine would drop, and then yeah. when Miles became Miles when he became Spider Man, his like dropped in the middle, and yeah. that was kind of cool. Although one thing, like one plot, not a plot hole, but a weird thing I saw in this is he's reading the Spider Man magazine to see what happens to Spider Man, but it's like a '60s version of Spider Man rather than you know say a, like a 2008 version because that he that's how old he would have been. Like, because they said because he's twenty six when he died, and so he's yeah. born in ninety one. He's been doing it ten years, so he would have done it since like two thousand eight. So I did find that it's like I said, it's very meta this film, and I enjoyed the yeah. meta side of it. Quite but meta lot, can fall but... fall down if you're trying to get into well, how yeah. what are the laws of this universe? I suppose. Yeah, and a lot of comic book uh, films that become meta have to do that. Logan had to do it where you know she's reading an X Men comic, and he says, "Well, hmm. you know, about half oh, of it happened. happened, and none of it like that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my favourite scene was the fight scene at Aunt May's house. Um, mm, where yeah. I think that's because it leads up, and you get to the bit, the end of that scene where he finds out his uncle Aaron's. The, well, he already knows that his uncle Aaron's the prowler, but he finds out, and then Kingpin shoots him dead, basically. Um, again, I mentioned it's the heart, I think it's the heart of the movie, quite frankly. Mm. Um, and then you have the really heartfelt scene between him and his dad when his dad's like, "Okay, if you don't want to talk, just listen and talk through the door." Yeah, that is beautiful. When he's when he's uh, tied up on the chair. Um, did you have any other favourite scenes? The the big battle at the end. Normally, the big battle at the end of any comic book f- film is not that good. It tends to be you know lifeless CG army, but this one was just fantastic because the the kind of the collider multiverse element just made the visuals mm. just so striking. And using all their different powers so creatively, and it wasn't like a million, yeah, faceless army kind of thing. A lot of people with guns, but yeah, really no, liked were, that. It was it was like established characters that they'd already been fighting, hadn't it? Yeah, some um, guys with guns yeah. and uh, henchmen, but you know that that wasn't it wasn't just yeah. a, just an arm, a swarm of them. I think the other bit that I like is when they break into the, um, the com- that tech company. Mm, yeah, and <laughs> when he's got the bagel, and someone goes, "He's got the bagel." <laughs> <laughs> That's his major crime. Yeah, quite, yeah. I, I did like the reveal of Doc Ock and um, them swinging through yeah. the trees. That was a really funny. You know, this is you. This is your final your chance to learn how to do the swinging. Uh, what is it? Intense uh, threat of death or whatever is the best way to <laughs> learn things. Like yeah. yeah, like I like the bit where it's like, "I've got right, the good news. We don't need the monitor." <laughs> he like chucks the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did like great. the reveal of Doc Ock. That was quite clever, wasn't it? Mm. Um, there's, but there's more than that. There's the scene, like when they do meet all the other Spider Man and or Spider Men and Women, and he's like, you know, will you get back up? And you know, can you float through the air when you smell a warm pie? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I really Which thought they were gonna. That was gonna work. I funny. thought that was gonna bring them out, bring it out of them, bring it out of him. You know, it looked like. Well, in fact, they play on that. You know, he's ready to be angry and to doing his powers, and then they, uh, yeah. yeah, then they doubt him. So, Sam, do you have a favourite line? What's your favourite line of this film? The, there's a lot. There's a lot of funny stuff, and really there's like the Stanley cameo, and yeah. But the one that that I really like the most because I, 
at first didn't get it until the next line was when um, the spider, the thirty-eight-year-old Spider-Man, he's going back into his own um, dimension and he almost doesn't want to. And he says, "How will I know if I, w- I won't mess it up again?" And Miles says, "You won't." And at first, hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's a bit of a cop out." And then he says, "You know, it's a leap of faith," and it, and it, you know, it's, it's tied callback. It, tied, and it, I, tied a little bow. Yeah, it? I love a line that just ties it up. It's some sort of callback, makes the whole thing a coda. Um, and it was meaningful and it was it was witty. Yeah, really liked that. Mine was, um, and again, a similar interaction between Miles and Peter B. Parker. Um, and it's the bit when when Miles basically, when he's like asking to give him, when he's asking for his help, and he, he says, Miles says to him, with great power comes great. And Peter just goes, don't you dare finish that sentence. Don't do it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's some you know it's it's a Spider-Man like you've not seen him before, you know. It's like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they even finished the line in the film because obviously his dad says with great ability <laughs> yeah. become, comes great accountability. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they actually. Oh no, no, oh actually they do when he talks about Uncle Ben. He does say it actually when he's walking into the light. They do actually say the line. Doesn't but yeah, really. no, they play on well, the line so well. Yeah, and it's just it's just a good kind of yeah. It's like. He's like, why have I got the janky-ass broken hobo Spider-Man? <laughs> because obviously, if it had been the other Spider-Man, he'd have been it'd have been so much easier. Yeah, but that's, that breeze. But that's not the point. No. It's that it, it's funnier. And it's not more a film, is it? <laughs> yeah. No, there's more conflict, isn't there? Because this Spider-Man doesn't want to help. Do you ever find that at the start of a film? Because obviously, films have to rely on conflict, so they have to rely on somebody not being able to get what they do, get what they want. Um, at the start of a film, you're just like, okay, this person needs to, you know, get fifty grand to get surgery or something like that. Do you ever think? Oh, I really hope there's no roadblocks and they just get it. <laughs> you know, like, oh, here's another. Okay, so they've got to do this talent competition, but to be in the do talent competition, they've got to make friends with this person and blah blah blah. You know, like a whole thing. Do you ever find it weird when a show or a t- it's more in TV I've noticed than films, where they get what they want exactly, and then you're like, what? And then it turns out that the the, sh- the episode isn't about what you think the conflict of the episode is. It's actually about something else. It's about character mm. development or something. I, I was right. watching something the other day, and. It was it, it was Star Trek. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> and they had to. They were trying to save a son or something, basically from uh, cooling too much, and they managed to do it within like half an hour of the episode or 25 minutes. But the episode wasn't about them because usually right, what happened is right. when they try at, half, at the halfway mark, it there'd be a problem and they'd solve it right at the end. But this episode wasn't about that. It was about like character development of one of the characters and their I guess, relationship um, with somebody else. The but most recent mean, but... MCU Spider-Man films like that, they dis- they you know spoiler alert for that. I'm just going to ruin it a little bit. They they defeat the Elementals, and you're like, well, that's wow, an hour MCU film that is top notch. Well done, lads, you've done it really quickly. And then of course, <laughs> Mysterio <laughs> lives up to the name that everybody knew he was going to live up to because it's yeah. Mysterio, um, and he's a bad guy, and it's a whole new thing. Kind of like that a little bit. You kind of like, oh yeah, that's this was a basically a conflict-free film. Now, <laughs> now they're just yeah. in Venice. No, I know what you mean um, by that. Do you have any other lines then that you liked in this film? I've got I really, I did really like the Stanley line when he's uh, when he's selling the costume and says, uh, "What if it doesn't fit? They all fit eventually." And little glint, yeah. little glint, and then uh, no refunds. Ever. <laughs> yeah, the little pan to the side. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, I like the one where Spider-Man Noir says, "Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something." 
anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then he burns one and he goes out too early. I really liked him, yeah. actually. Yeah. At first, oh, that's yeah. it. At first, I thought it was Nick Offerman. And I was like, no, that's, that's <laughs> Nicholas Cage. And then the final line that I really liked was, uh, hey. When <laughs> 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 he does it at the end to the kingpin and glasses, yeah. which is a weird thing because he he gives him kingpin gives him so much time to get up and have these this epiphany and then do his thing like just hit him again. Well, I don't get why. Well, actually, no, it does make sense because when at the beginning when he does when he like double fist slams down on Peter Parker. He's already injured, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's yeah. like, oh, the coughing, that's not a good sign. Where when he does it to Miles, Miles is okay. And yeah. he can probably take another hit, but that was it. But he could have hit him one I, more time. Yeah. But then it's like in Endgame where Thanos waits ages for them for him mm. to attack with his massive army against one guy. Yeah. And waits for the whole army to, all these armies to turn up. It's a classic like thing. You want him to just be like, I don't know, maybe Miles like webs him in the eyes so he's got to at least deal with it. just a little thing just yeah. so that you, it's not a, it's not suspending you you know so you're suspending your dis- disbelief a little bit more actually in fact I've got one more line that I've neglected and I've already said it the bagel <laughs> <laughs> and then when he throws the bagel and hits it and it says bagel in a little yeah. animation box <laughs> that's funny right details. Sam so what we're going to do mate what we're going to do pal of oh, yeah. old mine yeah. we're going to have a break we're gonna after the break. We're gonna get the critics' response. We're gonna do a rating. We're gonna do a quiz, and then we're gonna find out what we're doing next week. So, Fantastic! Yeah. So yeah. See you after the break. See you after the break. Hello and welcome back. So what I'm gonna do now, Sam, is we're gonna have a critical response to uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, so we've no, we've no Roger Ebert this week because he's Unfortunately. dead. God rest him. Still. Yep. Um, so I've gone with the first review that came up that I got something for, which is from The Guardian, from a man called Charles Bramesco. Never heard of him, so got quite a bit of a review here for him. Um, so it says, While on paper it might seem like a shameless cash grab, this latest take on the Web Slinger is a thrilling, witty and surprisingly necessary chapter in the franchise. So that's... Uh I'd agree with that. He, he goes on a bit further and says, what separates the Phil Lord, Chris Miller brain trust from the rest of Hollywood is that they're willing to admit that that franchise movie making is often silly, motivated primarily by money and fundamentally embarrassing. Instead of looking <laughs> at the tacky demands of the industry, intellectual property jockeying, sequels mandated by executives with adding machines in the lobe of the brain normally dedicated to creativity an obstruction to be overcome, they make them part of the joke. So, Chris Bra- uh, Charles, sorry, uh, Bramesco. As I said, he gave it, he gave it four out of five stars. He didn't really give a reason why he didn't give it five. So yeah, yeah, so, so. yeah. I think that's that's, and you know, th- th- absolutely. Like, uh, listen to an interview. Not to keep going on about Logan, but I listened to an interview with James Logan. Mangold, who uh, I knew you were going to do that. Uh, James Mangold. <laughs> um, it's good, right? <laughs> it was good. Seventeen the... editions ago. I just really want to be able to say the word Logan without you going into that impression. Just, just, just Never once happened, in my Sam. life. <laughs> so there's this film with Hugh Jackman in it, and um, yeah, James Mangold <laughs> said that he great he just, showman. He just didn't care about canon. He was just like, well, if it makes it a better film, screw the canon, you know. And I think that's kind of what Charles uh, Bromesco is, is getting out there. Yeah, it's play. It's playful, aren't they, with the franchise that they've yeah. been given? Um, saying that though, even though we don't have old Rog, 
RIP again uh, for the 17th fifth time <laughs> um, we do have a review from his website from a Christy Lemire right so would you like to hear what Christy said I do so Spider-Verse has a wonderfully trippy dreamlike quality about it and that's not just because it features a wise cracking pig in a Spider-Man getup uh, named Peter Porker <laughs> the kind of character you might conjure in your subconscious after eating too much barbecue and taking a shot of NyQuil before bed I'm guessing that's <laughs> some sort of drug uh, she goes on to say that she how much she enjoyed the film and she, when a kid asked if she want, if they were go, could go and watch it again at the cinema she'd be like yes yes we will because oh, uh, I think she's approved it immeasurably but again only 3 out of 4 stars I feel like if these people went back and watched it again they might give it five or four i feel like it really i really did like this film i think it's yeah brilliant. it's one of those things with reviews isn't it they don't necessarily have to give a downside to not give it a hundred percent because as we've talked about endlessly 100 percent feels like more than flawless like yeah no flaws and it's excellent maybe they're just a bit reluctant yeah maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe. Right, so we come on to uh, the bit where we get our ratings. Indeed. Breathlessly anticipated ratings. So, how many um, wooden mallets out of ten (laughs) would you give this film? You can fit it in your pocket. Uh, I would give this nine (laughs) cartoonish wooden mallets out of ten. Yeah. Um, do you know what I tend to agree with you you know I was I, I'm, I, you know I'm like a broken record at this point now but I always do say uh, and I've said a couple of times that a film that knows its limitations knows what it is and works within that and it doesn't try to be more than it is you know it's a very it's a great comic book genre pick for animation mm. there's and a great thing about animation everything this, right. especially with Disney Pixar and those types where they spend so long on it and you can redraft and revise an animation more than you can do a reshoot where everything is just so thought about every little minute detail and, and animation. Yeah, it's a wonderful film. I'll be recommending it yeah. to many people. Yeah, did uh, your daughter enjoy it, given she might be part of the early demographic? She did. I think when, when we first watched it, we were quite distracted. There was like a lot of people around. I watched it again with her mm. today, but she just got back from nursery, so she was playing with her new, new toys. So she's not... Yeah, she was. she liked the visuals, but I don't think she was into the story. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Right, well, as we always do on Please Watch This, we end the show with a quiz. So, quiz, so, quiz, quiz, quiz. Let's see how closely you were watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Right. Question one. What does the graffiti that Mile tags on the wall say in the underground? Oh, yeah. What does I it should, read? I should definitely know Silhouette. this. Silhouette. I don't know. I, well, it might and be expectation or great expectations. What do you th- is that your answer or yeah gone? What are you saying? Great expectations or I'll expectations? say great. I'll get. I'll say great expectations. Well, you were close. It was you were right first time. It's expectations. Expectations. It's what, he, it's what he draws and his uncle does yeah. the silhouette. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, a quite you know great with great what with great abilities comes accountability. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, well done. I'll give you that one because you were you were Thank right. Thank you. Uh, what do people keep calling the USB stick? <laughs> the goober. I think it finds the gizmo. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> like, Wait, <laughs> what? The, the MacGuffin? It's the goober. Yeah, it is the goober. Well done. <laughs> this one really made me tickle. This tickled me when I saw it. Uh, second time round. Uh, what colour does Spider-Man Noir think the first Rubik's Cube square is? <laughs> Did he say purple? He does, yeah. Well oh. done. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. And then he goes blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, yeah, I'll take this back to my world. I don't understand it, but I will. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, Can I, I'm keeping this. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it, but I will. And then he's like, be amazed. <laughs> he's showing it off. A Spider-Man, like... Yeah. Um, I think you might get five out of five here, Sam. I think you might get the clean Ooh. sweep. What is Spider-Ham's name? Peter Parker. It is. Well, <laughs> then, and final for the clean sweep, what do Doc Ock's friends call her? Oh, Liv. They do? Well Liv. done. Yeah. She gets some poppers. And, 100%. 100%. Yeah, maybe I'll add in an effect in the uh, in the post-edit situation. Here's, here's yeah. a question for you. Which, before you ask me that question, though, which I quite like, is the fact that if you watch it, Aunt May goes, Liv? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's which has a strange suggestion that they may have been friends. Well, this is it. There's, there's a lot more to this film. You know, there's a lot more you want to explore, and I like that. You know, like... Norm, Norman is just this huge green goblet. There's lots more to explore in it, but um, yeah. Question for you then: In what year is the original Peter Parker born? The what the Peter B. Parker or Peter Parker? Peter Parker who dies. Ninety-one. Well done. Uh, here's one that's a hundred percent more difficult. What <laughs> house number? Ask? Just out of interest. Uh, what house number does uh, does Miles live? <sighs> God, could be anything. Uh, yeah. So, listener, 20, have a think. If you know this film more than anyone, no, seventeen. Uh, I, I just saw it on screen relevant? and I thought, oh, I hope that's not a quiz question. Of course, it's not. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's one for you, mate. So, Samo, do you I'm have any final thoughts, opinions on uh, this film? I would say to my to the listener out there, you know, if there's a film you've been putting off that you know you're going to enjoy, just just watch it. That's what I would especially suggest. if it's the Leprechaun Three. Especially Leprechaun 3. Well, I mean, it's, uh, 2 is the peak. That's the high point. <laughs> 3, yeah, pretty good. Pretty they, good. they knew themselves, didn't they, by 2? <laughs> yeah, they'd figured out the formula. Yeah. And then it became stale. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, right, so, next question is, Sam, what film are we looking at next week? Well, this is unprecedented. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a choice. Live <gasps> on air. Live on air choice. Live on okay. air in a podcast. Now you can either we can either continue with the films I can watch with my daughter uh, animated specials with the 2017 Coco, which I watched very recently okay. and f- loved so much. We can also you did you did mention it actually outside. Yeah, we can watch in light of the fact that um, God bless him, Robert Pattinson has got coronavirus. We can watch <laughs> an excellent film, Safety Brothers film on Netflix called Good Time, or we can watch Clerks too. Oh. Third film. Um, I think of the choices, I think I'm going to go with Coco. Coco. I'm glad you said that because I've watched it every morning for the last <laughs> 10 days. Oh, I mean, we can change. If you <laughs> no, no, that's it. perfect because I've got all my answers. In your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. If we'll, we'll have, we can call it animated September if you like. Yeah, something you know. like that. Back to school yeah. special. Yeah. So, listener, if you haven't seen Coco yet, please watch it. Don't, don't listen to the next episode until you've seen it because it is. Fantastic, Hugh. What do you I'd know about it already? A lot of our films. Yeah, to be fair. true, true. What do I know about it already? I know that it's. Is it, I think is it DreamWorks? I think is it, or is it Disney Pixar? 
It's on the Disney Plus, so it'll be Disney. Film. So it's Disney Pixar, yeah, or it's Disney because yeah, Disney have their own animate have their own like three D animation yeah. production studio, which isn't the same as Pixar. Uh, not a great deal. Something to do with Mexico, Day of the Dead. Some kid goes to the underworld. And the kid's meant to be there. Uh, it's about that him, tr- him or her trying to get back to the real world. And that's good. That's that's more than I knew when I first watched it. And I just want you to. And I think that's because you told me. <laughs> yeah, about this film yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I just want you to watch it, just uh, and just enjoy it. So, listener, if you, um, you know, if if you've seen Coco, if you haven't, let's. What I want to hear is your top three animated films of all time. Hugh, if they were to try to tell us that, other than just shouting it from their back door, how could they do that? Well, what they need to do is they probably need to get a job at like CERN in Switzerland yeah Um, I'm sure the particle accelerator there is trying to open dimensions and things like that Um, and what they need to do is they need to basically open a new dimension uh, similar to Into the Spider-Verse strangely enough it's it's funny how these these always coincidentally the same as some themes of the films we've watched yeah they need to so yeah they need to go and open a new dimension they then need to uh, send an email in that dimension and then in that dimension, they need to get somebody who receives that email, maybe like other versions of us, uh, a la Into the Spider-Verse. They can come through to our dimension and give us the email. Um, and they can do that. And they can email us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Although in the other dimension, hmm. it could be .co.uk, so maybe try that. Yeah, or, lots of things could, could I be I mean, wrong. we could be Dutch. We could be geckos. Or we could be geckos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff. Sam, That's if they wanted possible. to get in touch with us on other forms of media, mm. uh, interactions like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, how, where, where, where would they do that? They could use Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. That's what I but said. importantly, they would have to find us, and they would find oh, us they... at Please Watch Pod on each of those That's... platforms. We're a little bit it's... more active on Instagram now than we were, and I'll try to continue to drum up some uh, some engagements there. Um, I think, honestly, though, listen, the best way you could help us out is you could tell a friend about this podcast. Or even better, even better than that, you could leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read out your review uh, next week, yeah. regardless of what you say in it. Yeah. yeah we I are mean, do it, do it, do legally it bulletproof. Obliged. Yeah. You're obliged. Now you've listened to this, you've entered into a non-verbal contract. Um, yeah, for the 50 or so review. hours of free content yeah. we've given. Yeah, 50 just, or so. Just give us this a review. episode 59, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, so we've probably yeah. given more, probably like 60-odd hours. We're, we're just podcasting machines, but because <laughs> we're such tireless machines, I think it's time for us to go, Sam. It is. recharge it is. our batteries. The opposite of tireless. Uh, Hugh, it's been great. Listener, we love you, and we will speak at you next I'm week. I'm warming to you. Yeah, take As care. As the weeks go by. Bye! Bye.